Imagine. It's the year 2000. The presidential election is looking very close with a close recount in Florida. The incumbent president has stayed mostly off of the campaign trail. However, it looks as if Biden would be the next U.S. president. Welcome to Imagine If, the alternate history podcast. I'm your host, Brody Burton. So that opening might have seemed rather confusing. Biden did not run for president in 2000. He ran for president several times, but 2000 was not one of those years. But of course, this is an alternate history podcast, so it follows that different people are going to run for president in different years. This episode, we're actually going to be focusing on Watergate, more specifically, had it not happened. Richard M. Nixon was a former California senator and vice president under Dwight D. Eisenhower, who lost the 1960 election to John F. Kennedy, chose not to run in 1964 when Barry Goldwater lost in a landslide to Lyndon B. Johnson, but ran in 1968 against Hubert Humphrey and won somewhat easily. In 1972, he won in a landslide, winning every state except for Minnesota and the District of Columbia, which isn't really a state, but does give electoral votes in presidential elections. However, the Watergate scandal would sink the Nixon administration, despite the fact that Nixon's administration had achieved several remarkable things, including opening up trade with China. So this episode will be focusing on had that all not happened and what the aftermath would have been. Enjoy. As the 1976 presidential election rolls around and Nixon's presidency seems to be coming to a uneventuous close, New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller and California Governor Ronald Reagan are the front runners in the race. Ronald Reagan narrowly won, wins the nomination after winning key states in the primaries, including his home state, California. He nominates Rockefeller as his running mate. The Democrats nominated Hubert Humphrey, their 1968 presidential nominee and former vice president. Nixon won by 6% in the popular vote and over 400 electoral votes, winning in a massive landslide. The Reagan administration handled Middle Eastern affairs in a way that resulted in decreased American involvement, especially with and resulted in instability in Iran being resolved. The economy began; the economy continued growing slowly but surely. The Reagan administration, very very popular, won every state and came closer than any Republican to winning the District of Columbia. A record thirty-three percent of the district voted for Reagan. He easily defeated then-California Governor Jerry Brown. In, 1940, in 1984, four years later, after a mostly uneventuous Reagan presidency, 
Former Georgia Governor Jimmy Carter gained the Democratic nomination against Teddy Roosevelt, Ted Kennedy and Gary Hart. The Republicans nominated Vice President Nelson Rockefeller for president and Kansas Senator Bob Dole for vice president. Carter did surprisingly well, signaling a resurgence of the Democratic Party. He was able to win Rockefeller's home state of New York and others for a combined 150 electoral votes. This compared to their record landslide loss the previous year, where they won only three electoral votes, was a massive, massive gain. However, once you have a, an administration going on almost continuously without any real policy changes for over 30 years, things start to get boring politically. Very few new laws were passed that were of any real consequence. The Supreme Court became very much conservative-dominated. As the 1968 presidential election rolled around, Senator Gary Hart, won the 1988 Democratic nomination, while Texas Senator and former CIA Director George H.W. Bush won the Republican nomination. This election actually ended up being extremely close, as the Democrats began to research even more, winning 252 electoral votes. In the end, Senator Bush still won the election. Bush actually signaled a policy change compared to the Rockefeller administration becoming a much more conservative administration. However, the Democrats seem poised to likely take back the White House, or at least have a fairly good shot, in 1992. They were divided on a nominee. Tennessee Senator Al Gore, New York Governor Mario Cuomo, Reverend Jesse Jackson, and former Massachusetts Governor Michael Dukakis would all seek the nomination, all unsuccessfully. Texas Governor Ann Richards would win the nomination. Richards and Bush went against each other. Both Texans, one a former senator, one the incumbent governor. Richards would have to build a large coalition to take down the long Republican rule. Also significant to note were the vice presidential candidates. On the Republican ticket, incumbent Vice President Pat Buchanan, and on the Democratic ticket, Delaware Senator Joseph Biden. Richards defeated Bush in an unexpected landslide, of 348 electoral votes to 90, winning both, both of their home states of Texas. However, Richard's seat, now filled by Lieutenant Governor Bullock, will be lost to Bush's son, George W. Bush, only two years later. In 1994, a Republican landslide gave the GOP a massive majority in the House and Senate. Although they had controlled the presidency for so long, they had only controlled the Senate intermittently and the House very, very rarely. Richards began an administration of modern liberalism in a moderate form that signaled a break from the way that the Republicans have been running the country for over 20 years. She easily won re-election in 1996 against Pat Buchanan, but in 2000, Vice President Biden ran against Texas Governor George Bush and after a very, very, very close recount in Florida, Bush was able to win the election overall. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Imagine If. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you come back next week for more.